What's up, everybody? My name is Lee. Some of you guys might know me as Intuition, and you're tuned into Kinda Neat. Thank you guys again for tuning in. As always, follow me on Twitter at It's Intuition. Follow my man behind the boards, Ben Shim, making the shit sound buttery at I Am Database, based with two S's. Follow us as a unit at That's Kinda Neat, where we finally broke a thousand Twitter followers. It's so amazing. I'm so happy that you guys follow us. I got a great tweet the other day on at That's Kinda Neat where a girl said, Oh my God, I've been downloading so many Kinda Neat episodes, and I love it. And And I said, hey, download the app. It makes your life so much easier. And she said, I'm new to podcasts. And that made me feel great because it's like, yo, I hope that we are a gateway drug into you finding out a bunch of other great podcasts because there's so many, there's obviously so many people doing this, just amazing things with this art form. So, or I don't know, can you call it an art form? Maybe a platform? It's a platform, not an art form. Maybe it's an art form. Who knows? Uh, Follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash kind of neat. And like I just said, download that podcast app, search for kind of neat and, uh, subscribe. That is the thing that will help us most is if you subscribe to us on iTunes, leave a five-star rating and a comment about who you want to see on the show. Well, fuck, man. Another trip around the sun. Tomorrow's my birthday. Uh, well, we're recording this on a Monday. This will come out on a Wednesday. Tuesday, tomorrow is my birthday. <sighs> getting old, dude. Getting old. I only want one thing from you guys for my birthday, and that is to buy a ticket to the Troubadour this week on Friday and come see me and Mark perform. We're headlining the Troubadour, which is a dream show for us. My favorite place to perform. I absolutely love it. I love the vibe there. You know, like the fucking Doors used to play there, like Guns N' Roses play there. Like it's amazing. Uh, the sound system is great. So. Book some of my friends to come play with us, Speak and Cool Roy, and I hope that uh, you guys will come out because they're going to be playing some new music and we're going to be working through our stuff and it's just going to be a lot of fun. And I don't generally celebrate birthdays too much. Like, it's just not like a crazy thing for me. So to have a party and to be able to perform and do what I love to do the most is going to be very exciting and I'm super happy about it. So please go to thetroubadour.com, buy a ticket. And come hang out on Friday and fucking make me a happy man. Let's see. Today, we talked to my friend Conrad Lobel. He is a dude that I met about probably two, two and a half years ago, who's just out here killing it, booking shows in Los Angeles. Uh, he works with iHeart Comics, so he's been... He was booking all of the Check Your Ponytail stuff. He just book, he books at Globos. He books at Echoplex. He books all over the place. DJs at hand parties. Like He's just a dude that knows about music before you do and he knows about bands before i do and he knows about booking these bands and just having him come play you know before the rest of the world knows and that's a talent and that's something that i respect and that's something that uh, i look up to and so i think that the lifestyle of a promoter and a booker is very interesting in that you still get to be heavily involved with music even though becoming a musician might not be the ultimate way that you're involved in music. And I know a lot of you guys that listen are involved in music in some way or another. You're either aspiring musicians or you just are very passionate about finding new music. And these are my favorite kind of episodes where you can kind of discover that there are ways to be involved in music that aren't necessarily being an artist or a manager or whatever. Like there are other hustles in the music industry. And so we get to talking to Conrad about how he got into it. Some of the shows that he's booked parties that he's done and, uh, his eventual move from Portland down to LA to, uh, you know, to doing what he's doing now. It was a good convo with a friend of mine. And I think you guys will enjoy it. Very relaxed, uh, and easygoing conversation. So yeah, without further ado, we're going to get right into it. I hope that I see you guys on Friday and I hope that you enjoy this conversation. We'll see you next week. Thanks. Thanks. 
So what's up, dude? You just you're getting healthy right now? Trying to. Why? What happened? Uh, got diagnosed with high blood pressure. High blood pressure. We are getting older, Conrad. We are getting older. I feel like, I feel like my mom tells me to get my blood pressure checked all the time too. My mom screamed at me for like three years about blood pressure. Yeah. Why? Because I just kept getting fatter. Oh. <laughs> Were you a skinny lad? When I was a little kid, yeah. You look like you just got big bones. Like, what are, are you Filipino or Samoan? What are you? Filipino-Hawaiian. Filipino-Hawaiian. Mom's Filipino? My mom's Filipino-Hawaiian. Okay. What's and your my dad? dad's white. Dad's white? Yeah, that's why I'm so light-skinned. Are you light-skinned? I, I feel yeah. like you are standard Filipino tone. No. no? Okay. Is that, a, is that a thing in uh, Filipino culture? Like, do people care if you're light-skinned or dark-skinned? Not in Filipino. Okay. I, in Hawaii. In Hawaiian, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Word. So, uh, what, what, why have you been packing on weight, dude? What happened? Uh, I became a promoter. Yeah. <laughs> and what? you drink and eat like shit and stress the fuck out every day. All the time. Yep. These are some of my favorite podcasts to do because I love to do um, episodes. I always go meta on these ones too. I love to do episodes where we have people that are heavily involved in music that aren't necessarily like music isn't your isn't like your number one hustle. It's like promoting music. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so I always like to let kids know there are ways to do this without trying to become a rapper or without trying to become a fucking DJ or a guitar player or whatever. You can be in music and and, and make a living. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. Yeah. Um, what does your job entail? I am the head of events at iHeart Comics, which means I book everything. I oversee all the marketing. I oversee all the production of the shows. Mm -hmm. Any kind of events that we get thrown out to to market, anything we have to do to push, like that's what I, I oversee everything. Mm -hmm. Do you kind of like curate the lineups, or is that a team thing? I I usually curate them myself. Um, depending on how involved Frankie is, who's the owner, yeah. um, I curate them myself unless he's like involved with the show itself, then he, he, he gives his two cents in. Right, right. But for the most part, I curate most of the shows as well. Right. And you, you moved down to LA, what, like two, three years ago? Just a little over two years ago. And March of, March of like two years, like, like as of this March, it was two years. March of 2012 then? Yeah. Yeah. And did you immediately start um, helping out booking like the check yos and stuff like that? Yeah. I literally got in on a Monday at around 3 p.m. Mm -hmm. 6 p.m. I had my first meeting, went to the office at 10 a.m. the next day mm -hmm. and advanced five or six shows. Mm-hmm. And then flew out Monday, the next that next Monday to South by. Oh, and just wow. got thrown into shit. Oh wow! Yeah. What was your first check yo that you were involved in? Was it that um the uh, Andrew WK show? Were you DJing there? I DJed that night. Yeah. yeah. Was that your first one that you were like kind of involved with? Yeah. Um, I was just happened to be in California when that show like or I was planning on being in California yeah, when that, that first show. started. Or when that got announced, and then um, I'm really close with the Trash Talk dudes, and I was just like, I'm in California, um, I can get down there if if there's room on the, on the bill. Yeah. Frankie's like, come down, I got you. I think that, the reason that I remember that is that I think that I have um, pictures of you playing that show, because I was there making content or whatever, and that was my first Check Your show that I ever went to, I think, and I was like, had not heard of Trash Talk. 
and like didn't realize what a fucking cult following Ader WK had. And so like that show was just so eye opening for me. It was like fucking crazy. And I was like, Oh, who's that tattooed gentleman DJing? And then lo and behold, now we're buddies. Yep. Yeah. Crazy. Small world. Small world. Indeed. How did you know the trash talk dudes? Are you, you're like a hardcore kid, huh? Yeah. I grew up in the hardcore scene. Um, I've known Leroy from trash talk since he was like 14 years old. Yeah. He, uh, used to work at a venue in Sacramento that, um, I was on tour with a band, uh, roadieing, and he opened the venue for me one day. And yeah. He moved to Seattle with the Trash Talk dudes for a while, uh-huh. like, um, and became like really close with them. Booked a lot of shows, helped them along in Portland, yeah. and um, yeah, just always kept in touch. Yeah. How many shows a week are you working on? Do you think? I mean, it it varies. Yeah. Uh, it like it just depends on. I could. I've done as many as four to five shows in a week. In a week, yeah, for comics, and I've you know this week I don't have any. Yeah, so it just depends on like when it comes. Is this through. a slower season for shows because it's summer and shit? Um, it's a harder season for shows because everyone's distracted yeah. by, um, like festivals, vacations, yeah. schools out, right? So it's a lot slower versus um. Is the fall the super busy time? Fall super busy. Yeah. October especially. Uh, everybody's touring at that point. Yeah. Word. Where were you born? I was born and raised on Maui. Oh, okay. In a town called Lahaina. Oh yeah. Um I was just out in Maui last year. It was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, ninety pretty much ninety percent of my family still lives there. No shit. How like, often do you get to Hawaii? go there? Um Try to go every couple of years. Yeah. Um, I think I'm going back in September for yeah. a week and a half. What was childhood like in Hawaii? Um, it was very much different than anything on the mainland. Yeah. Um, it's very family oriented. Uh-huh. Um, because you're on an island, you know everybody. Yeah. And most of the people are your family or close to your family. So if like you walked on you walked down the street, you get the horn beeps and it's like an auntie or an uncle yeah. or like and um my parents were pretty loose with me like they they trusted me that i was just gonna like not fuck up right. so like i was out skating till like midnight sometimes yeah um i it was i had a weird like upbringing i guess compared to some people i i had like a lot of like older people around me like yeah. older teenagers that kind of looked after me a lot. How many brothers and sisters did you have? I have two younger brothers. Okay, so you're the oldest of three. Yeah. Yeah. And we're about a year apart, yeah. and we're the exact opposites of each other. Really? Yeah. Like, How so? My middle brother was definitely, like, middle child gangster's syndrome. Yeah. Like, middle child syndrome, he just, like, fucked up a yeah. lot and, yeah. like, got, in gang- like, got involved in gangs a little bit, like... He's just a rough kid. He's yeah. just like very emotional. Uh-huh. And then um, my baby brother is captain of the football team. Uh. And like captain of the track team. Super athletic dude. Yeah, super athletic, yeah. super popular dude. Yeah. Like I was like in high school, I was like the punk kid. Yeah. Was good at sports, hated coaches, so I didn't do sports. Yeah. Um, like 
just kind of like since you have Hawaiian it. blood in you, did you go to one of those like private Hawaiian schools? No, I went to school in Portland. Oh. Like I moved to Portland when I was ten. Oh, okay. And um, but yeah, so I went to school in Portland. I was supposed to be a boarder in in Hawaii. Yeah, but my parents decided to keep me on in the mainland. Okay, so. Is that where your dad was from? Is Portland? Yeah, my dad's originally from Portland. What did he do? How did he, how did him and your mom meet? Um, he, you know, he was in Vietnam, and then oh shit! Before that, he was a he grew up as a carpenter. Yeah, a carpenter family. Mm. He went to out, when he got out of the service, he went to Hawaii and was working as a carpenter with my uncles. Oh, okay, word. So I met my mom. Yeah, and then the rest is history. Pretty much, yeah. Everybody took off to Portland, the whole family? Yeah. Well, just like me, like my my mother family. and father and yeah. immediate family. Yeah. How was that? It was weird. Um, it was pretty rough for a while because... Portland's super white. Portland's very white and very... Um, it's a, a complete culture clash from Hawaii. Yeah. Hawaii is very family-based, very respectful. If you don't respect your family and your elders and anyone around you... You get hit. Yeah, you get that ass beat. Yes. Yeah. Very much so. And um, in the mainland, it's definitely not like that. People do not respect each other. Huh. Not nearly like Hawaii. Like, in Hawaii, um, if you treat people with respect, you'll earn the respect of everyone around you. Mm -hmm. On the mainland, it's, like, completely opposite. Mm. People, like, want to take something from you or... Mm -hmm. It's just, yeah, it's pretty sus. What beach did you grow up on in Hawaii when you were a kid? I mean, I grew up literally, like, just down the way from this place. Uh, we call it Sandbox. Yeah. It's just like, um, but I actually have a family house in Kahana. Okay. So that I, I spent a lot of time there. We were, I think we were on a beach called uh, Hokiba or something. Yeah, I, I like... I, I used to surf Hokipa. Dude, that place was so tight. Yeah. The first day we were there, it seemed so sketch just because, like, there's no real sand. It's all just kind of rocks. Yeah. So, like, compared to a California beach, I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. And then once you get out in the water, you can stay out there for, like, four hours without fucking wanting to come in. For sure. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. That was an aside. So, but, you start going to school in Portland. Yeah. Are, are you the only brown kid? Um, when I first When I first moved there, I was definitely the first like Hawaiian kid yeah. that they ever had seen. Yeah. And they were like literally dipshit white kids asking me if I lived in grass huts. Oh shit. And if I made my surfboards out of wood. Oh my God. Yeah. So ignorant. <laughs> and I like, yeah, it was super culture clash. Like yeah. I walked in, it was the time of Brian Bosworth. Yeah. So all these white kids had fucked up haircuts. Oh yeah. Like super like, like blonde, the, weird mohawks. Yeah. yeah. And like with the steps and shit. Oh yeah. And it was just like, like I didn't know what a rocker was. I was like, people were referencing rockers, and I was uh -huh. like, did they throw rocks at people? Yeah. Like, what the fuck is a rocker? Yeah. And like, I mean, I listened to metal as a kid. Yeah. Like growing up, like hanging out with older kids, like I had like my music tastes were so vast. Like, yeah. So when you're like eight, nine, ten, you're hanging out with these teenage kids in Hawaii, and they're putting you onto like heavy metal. I mean, shit. even as like four or five. Oh, really? I had like an older cousin that yeah. like. I had two older cousins that I spent a lot of time with. Yeah. And one, like, my cousin Lola, she was super into pop music. Yeah. So I got Cyndi Lauper, Madonna, mm -hmm. Boy George. And then my older cousin, Junior, he was into metal and rap. Mm -hmm. So I got 
like everything from LL Cool J and Run DMC mm-hmm. to Motley Crue and Iron Maiden. Yeah, fuck yeah. At like the age of six and seven years old. Right. Breakdancing, all that shit from him. Right. And skateboarding. Nice. And so in Portland, the kids were rockers, and you're like, what the fuck is a rocker? Rockers are just weird. Like, they're super into football. Uh-huh. So I got into football, uh-huh. like, but it was like not, not, no one skated really. Yeah. In Portland, really? Not that many. Not yeah. where I like, not in the neighborhood not at that, I lived not in. Not at that time, probably. Yeah, not at, and not at that, um, not in that neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, just kind of like, all right, I guess I'll adapt. Yeah, yeah. What else was there to do up there? Uh, watch TV. <laughs> yeah, well, were you heavy into the TV then? Yeah, I mean, I just, I always watched movies and shit. Yeah. Did you have a lot of friends there or no? Or did you kind of go into your own world? Um, I ended up having like, I ended up having like a, like a good amount of friends. Because you seem you know? like a, you seem like a friend collector, and I mean that in a very nice way. Because I don't, that's I don't don't know why that sounds rude to me, but I'm saying like you're somebody that fucking everybody likes. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I grew up. I mean, I've always been like this since yeah. I was a little kid. It's like I grew up like being able to just like quickly acknowledge people and respect people. Yeah, as long as I recognize that they're a good person. Yeah. So like yeah, like as a little kid like. My best friend when I was nine years old was twenty one. What? Yeah. He yeah. he ran the surf shop next to my house. Uh huh. So he would take me sh- he would clothe me, give me skateboards. Yeah. Like I mean, I've been swagged out since I was eight. Yeah. Like, um I was working there. Uh huh. Like I was putting together completes. Yeah. Like at eight years old, nine years old. No like, shit. Yeah, like w- like Working like working at this like surf shop called Locomotion, mm-hmm. and they would just like they'd feed me, take me surfing, clothe me. Mm-hmm. Like I'd roll in them like new clothes all the time, and my mom would be like, "Where'd you get that?" Right, and I was just like, "Oh, Paul gave it to me." Nice. Yeah. What like, was not being able to surf when you got to Portland a big shock as well? Yeah, I mean, the ocean in general in Hawaii is like a big part of your life yeah that can, that becomes like a part of your family it seems like the yeah ocean. i mean my family i mean i grew up in a family of fishermen yeah like, everything we did was surrounded about the ocean yeah like we have our own canoe club everyone regatta like we have our own like house on the beach yeah we all like you know pitching and like fish and stuff one of the best meals that I've ever had in my life was at Mama's Fish House on Maui. And I was, like, astounded that they tell you, like, who caught the fish, where they caught it, how they caught it. It's like, oh, this was caught moon fishing by such and such yesterday. And it's like, whoa, that's fucking tight. Fishing is a big thing in Maui. Yeah. That's dope. Especially with my family. That's dope. Yeah. What kind of fishing were you doing? Um, The big fish there that they, they, like, go after is this, like, silver fish called a coolie. Yeah. And it's just kind of the general, like... How do you catch it? Nets. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But there's, like, a bunch of different fishes that's, like, everyone eats them. Yeah. Yeah. So... You ever have you ever had any run-ins with a wild boar? Um, Not that I can remember. Yeah. But I remember my family going up to the mountains and getting one. That's, that was the... We were, like, on some hikes out there. That was, like, what I was most fucking frightened of. I'm like, I do not want to fuck with a wild boar right now. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that is kind of sus. You know what I'm saying? Like, that shit is mad scary. Um, <laughs> so anyways, do you just start to get deeper and deeper into music as a kid? Like, what was the scene in Portland uh, in the... Well, I'm imagining this is like the mid to late 80s? Yeah, the mid to late 80s. I mean, 
I wasn't really in the scene at 10 years old. Well, obviously, yeah. But, like, um, I mean, later on in, like, early high school, yeah. like, I got really, in, like, you know, grunge hit. Oh, yeah. So, and you know, I was in the Northwest. Did you take the grunge? Obviously. Yeah, a little yeah. bit. Yeah. So I was, like, in it, you know, like, I was... So you must have been kind of early to it, though, or early to it as well, because you were, like, in the middle of it. Yeah. So, like, you probably knew about some of these bands before they were breaking on MTV. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I grew up, like, I, I knew bands that didn't break on MTV. Yeah. There's, like, there's a ton of bands that were huge in, like, Portland and Seattle that never, like, hit MTV. Yeah, which has probably become somewhat of a theme in your life, because that's still kind of your responsibility to be, like, up on things before other people are. Yeah, I mean... I would see some of Elliot Smith's first shows in his old band. Oh, wow. Like, um, he was in a band called Heat Miser. Uh-huh. Once I first started going to shows when I was 16, um, I was obsessed with them. Dandy Warhol's first couple shows I saw. Yeah. And, like, you know, like Everclear. Like, all those bands. Like, dude, I, I saw, used to love Everclear. I just thought of them the other day. Yeah, I just, dude, I saw them. They, when I was a junior, senior in high school, yeah. they filmed um, Heroin Girl, that video, oh, yeah, yeah. at Burnside. Oh, okay. And so, like, all my friends ditched. Yeah. Except for me. Oh, you were... So, so I wasn't they, in the video. So they're all in it except for you? Yeah. Oh, that fucking sucks. I miss all the tight shit, dude. Like, Slayer did an in-store at Tower, uh-huh. and kids were moshing in line, uh-huh. <laughs> and, like, people were getting bit by Slayer and shit, oh, and, shit. like, carving Slayer into their arms, yeah. and it turned into, like, a crazy riot, yeah. and um, I wasn't there. That was in Portland? Yeah. Oh, that sounds crazy as fuck. Yeah. Yeah, so grunge hits, and that's like a thing for you. And then, do you, are you going to shows all the time at that point? As soon as I, as, at sixteen, yeah, I started going to my I, my first show. I went to was Metallica. Oh shit! With Suicidal Tendencies and Candlebox. That's a weird lineup. Candlebox got added on because Allison Chains went into rehab. Oh, uh, okay. So very weird lineup. Very amazing. Yeah. And after that, I was kind of hooked. I went to two big like shows after that. Yeah. Um, saw, um, like I went to this crazy radio, uh, tour with Afghan wigs, violent femmes, um, James MC 900 foot Jesus house of pain. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was on the mountain. It's like 10 bucks. Nice. It was pretty nuts. That sounds Um, dope. Grabbed my first, uh, crowd surf that day. And and was that like just a life changing moment? Yeah, I mean, I was just like, dude, the first time I like wild out and went moss pit, dude. Yeah, it's the most fun. Yeah, and then saw I went to Lollapalooza '94, which still makes everyone else jealous. That's dope. Who yeah, was, who was playing that year? Uh, Smashing Pumpkins on Siamese Dream. Yeah, James Jeez. Addiction. No, no, that was early on. I was like ninety ninety four. This is like no, like that was like ninety two. This is ninety four. Yeah, so I saw. Um, Green Day opened. Oh yeah. Um Beastie Boys. Um I saw Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. I saw um God, who did oh, Tribe. Oh yeah. I think I saw George Clinton, I saw Shonen Knife, I saw the Boredoms, like super like so much wild shit. Yeah. So in the teenage years, like this became your thing like going to shows became your thing yeah as soon as i got and became a junior in high school yeah it was like on yeah I, all i did was go to shows yeah and i got to see like 
some crazy shit. I saw Bjork on the post tour. Oh wow. With Aphex Twin. Yeah. I saw like um what else? Um saw Bad Religion a bunch of times. Bad Religion was my first mosh pit. Yeah. Do you start to figure out how to get into shows for free? Like you start meeting people. <laughs> you know what I mean? Actually, yeah, I yeah. did. I got so I I got I started to get swagged out my senior year in high school. How? I was just friendly to all the You're friendly um, to people. Yeah. Yeah. And so just, you start meeting promoters. I met promoters. I met the door people. Yeah. I treated all the security just really nice. Yeah. They recognized me from coming to like shows all the time. Yeah. And like just being a nice kid that like didn't ever get in trouble. And were you already, you're already fucking, what, you're probably like 6'3", six, 6'4"? Six, no, I'm 6'2". You're 6'2"? So I was like You carry yourself feet. big. But so like you're this big teenage kid that's like yeah. at all the shows. And they just start to recognize you. Yeah. And then like, you know. Start getting free cookies and pizza from the from the cafe girl. Right. Like, then, yeah, like met up with uh, this girl named Jack who was in Team Dress, this like local like queer punk band, and she was just like s- super cool. She thought it was rad that I was like a big kid that really was nice to people. Yeah. So like met her and she would like walk me through the back door. Nice. And like, and like, there's like a bunch of people that like the staff there really like just like took to me yeah. at the big the major venue there. Yeah. Which and then, venue was that? Uh, it was this venue called La Luna. Okay. Um, it was pretty much like my home base from like, like my junior and senior year in high school. Yeah. I would go like every week, didn't drive for a while, like while still going, like still going to shows. And so I would pay people, like I would buy their ticket yeah just to go to anything and so this just kind of became your sanctuary yeah yeah like all i wanted to do was go to shows i went from being a like honor student Mm -hmm. to barely graduating high school because all i did was go to shows because you just got super distracted with music yeah yeah and so you're going to anything but like what do you feel like was really dominating your personal playlist i mean when i when i first got into like really got into like punk Uh when i like i figured it out that was all I wanted to go to. I went to other shit too because I still liked everything. Yeah. Um, what was the band that cracked that wide open for you? I mean, f- probably like No Effects. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, that was like the kind of like the wide one. Yeah. But then when you got into like when I when I got when I heard Minor Threat, it was game game over. Right. Like Minor Threat just kind of like ruled my life and anything even remotely like connected to it. Yeah. So descendants like gorilla biscuits all the new york hardcore stuff um seven seconds like all this shit like just changed my life and that's all i wanted to do and that's all i wanted to be right there's a local band called national guard that i was like fully obsessed with yeah and like i was just like yeah like just like them like i was super nice to them they were super welcoming they were really cool like they would get take uh like I'll do a mailing list, but a phone list too, uh-huh. and they would personally call you to let you know when the next show is. Oh, that's pretty tight. And like, because there's like not really much internet back yeah. then. Yeah. So they would call you and be like, "Hey, dudes, what are you doing this weekend? We have a show. Come hang out, man." Yeah. And I ended up talking to these dudes for a while, and like, I was super into the fact that they called me. So I was like, "Yo." Uh, if you want me to sell t-shirts and shit at my school, yeah, let me know. Right. And, you know, ended up selling like two, $300 with like 
t-shirts like five bucks a piece tapes were three bucks oh wow yeah. yeah i just got like a bunch of kids from my high school into them yeah and they they're like five bu- five dollar t-shirts sure yeah that's and, yeah like and it was this kind of thing like we all did was like i like got a crew like like kids that are super into punk uh-huh. that skated all the time and we just like all went to shows all it, the time yeah yeah did you end up going on the road with people and, and doing merch for them I was supposed to go on tour on tour with National Guard uh-huh. the summer after I graduated, but my parent, my mom, uh, she was like, "Fool, you better go to college." No, she was like, "We're going to Hawaii." Oh, okay. I hadn't gone back since I moved there, uh-huh. and so like it was a month and a half trip to Hawaii, and I would have to come home early to go on that tour. Oh, right. And like they were like dude can you please do this and i'm like i i can't right right um i didn't actually start touring until like 1999 how did you how did you not or did you get ever catch the like musician bug like were you in bands i mean yeah i was in bands um yeah. like uh around 97 yeah um it's like uh it's like 19 yeah 18 years old like um and uh like yeah i was like about 19 years old and and uh i like my friends asked me to join this band and they're like at the time they're a ska core band and i was like i don't want to be in a ska core band right they're like well we're like listen to the new shit we're doing and it was like bad brains with horns okay and i played trumpet and that's why they want me in the band so bad oh, right right i was like all right, we'll figure it out. I can see out. you as a trumpet player in a ska band, though. Let's keep it 100. Yeah. We played, tru- <laughs> you we played I mean? ska songs. I liked ska. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I love ska. Yeah, like, no, that's like that's like the uh, you're surprising. The, the surprising thing about you is I wouldn't have guessed that looking at you that, like, you're super into, like, pop punk and fucking, like, like. Oh, uh, dude, I like pretty much everything except for, like, country. Right. That shit just never vibe with me. But that one is, like, one of your heavy passions, though, right? Like, fucking punk rock bowling and shit like that. No, no. <laughs> Punk rock bowling is a mess, dude. I'm yeah. never doing that. You're ever. not down. No, like I'm. The whole like, dude. I mean, the whole thing that everyone laughs at me about is that like, I do this job where I have to be social yeah. and fucking be this thing, and I'm I have social anxiety. Yeah, same, dude. And it's just like, yo, like. The older I get, the harder it is to actually go to shows and have a good time. Because yeah. I just start sweating and being weird. Yeah, and people fucking touch you, and yeah. it's fucking Ugh. the worst. How do I always end up in fr- like behind the craziest person in the audience? That's what I want to know. I'm a big dude, so like I always, no matter where I'm at, feel yeah. like I'm in the way. Yeah. And that is an issue. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's, it's the same for me. Like I, I feel like my cock is always touching something. Dude, I just, feel like someone's always, someone's always touching me and they're always sweaty. And I'm just like, <laughs> Dude, I yo, <laughs> I was like, yo, just stop touching me. Yeah, oh my God, yeah. fucking get away from and me right now. I used right to love now. that shit as a kid. Like nah, going, going yeah. to a show and being a sweaty dude with your shirt off and, and like crowd surfing and moshing was nothing. If it, it was like tight. Yeah. And now I'm like, ugh, don't touch me. Like get yeah. away. I'm, I'm like, I just want to be in my bubble and like leave me alone. I yeah, listen to the exactly. Music. I'm a, I'm a grown up now. Yeah, exactly. I'm trying to watch the show from the stage and be a fucking not get touched yeah yeah so you say you start going on the road at 99 what was that about uh i went on this tour with this band from seattle called trial yeah it's like straight edge hardcore band uh-huh. they're very political did you get straight edge for a while i was straight edge for 10 years for 10 years what, yeah. what years was that 
like 96 to pretty much 2006. Whoa. So 96, you're 18 to 28, you're straight edge? Pretty much, yeah. Straight edge. How straight edge? Like no drinking, no smoking, no booze, but also yeah. no sex? Because isn't that part of straight edge? I was actually, I didn't lose my virginity till around then. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. Really? I was a late bloomer. Really? What, I didn't have my first kiss till I was 22. Shut up. Yeah. Why? Was it a religious thing or just no, like, what I was, was it? Skater girls. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no shit. I was just like, yeah, I was like, that was like the one thing. I was like, I make friends. Yeah. But I don't know how to like go from A to B. Right. Like right. that shit was like, like frightening to me. Yeah. You know, unless it was on the internet and I had mad internet girlfriends. Yeah. I feel that. That's funny. I have the opposite problem. I'm like, it's very hard for me to make uh, friend girls, but it's very easy for me to just like make out like in the first 10 minutes. Yeah. I have no idea. How to, I still did. I'm 36 years old. Still can't do that. <laughs> when did you start getting tattooed? Because you're covered in tattoos. Um, my first tattoo was actually one, like 22. Yeah. Probably a month after my first kiss because that girl sucked. Uh, <laughs> what, what was it? <laughs> I, this tattoo is it's hopeless romantic. Oh, okay. Kind of. So it was you like, went straight to the forearm. Yeah. Yeah, tight. And yeah, like my friend bought me like this gift certificate yeah. to like the, his, the tattoo artist that he goes to and like. Yeah. Got a $50 tattoo. Did you get obsessed with it? Did you just start going all the time or what? I just went, uh, like, I mean, I've been perpetually poor since I was, since birth. Mm -hmm. So, like, I couldn't afford to, like, go get, like. But you made friends. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, you. So, like, I have, I got, like, three out the way and then, like, didn't get tattooed for a while. Yeah. Then I have another friend that would start, like, wanting to tattoo me. So, I got, like, tattoos and it was like fifty dollars an hour all right not a big deal yeah and then i met my friend bradley um bradley delay from portland that um he started apprenticing but he's been a fine artist uh -huh. for years and years and so like i knew that he, i could trust him uh -huh. so he's like yo come into the shop i'll like do a free banger for you like just pay 20 bucks for the needles. Yeah. And we're good. Nice. And it went in super smooth. And I was just like, yo, how many times have you done? He's like, this will be my third. That's. Yeah. Wow. And it was like on my, sh it was on my shins. Yeah. So it was like, what should have been hella gnarly. It just yeah. went smooth right in. Yeah. I didn't, I only have like one little tattoo on my shin, but it, it was, that's an easy spot. It doesn't really hurt that bad. I don't think. Um, right on the shin yeah. is like not that fun. Yeah. Uh, but then, yeah, like, so that went in and I was just like, yo man, if you're going to do that again, let me know. He's like, yo, actually let's make a deal. Let's tattoo you every week uh -huh. until you get covered or we get bored. Shut up. So you went in. Yeah. Tw dude, every week. Yeah. Sometimes twice a week. I mean, that period of your life, wasn't it kind of a bitch just always being covered in A&D ointment and shit? Yeah. Yeah. I no, dude. It. And like at one point I was like, getting like feeling sick because i was healing three sp places Dude, at once that's the whole thing every time i get tattooed i feel like i get a really bad head cold afterwards because all the white blood cells are trying to like fix this open wound on your body instead of taking care of your sinuses and shit or something dude yeah I've, i mean and at the time in portland like you know i was promoting and mm. running four bars so mm -hmm. i was i did most of my tattoos hungover mm-hmm and that shit is not fun. Yeah, it sucks. Definitely puked after a couple of them. Yeah, it doesn't like, feel good. 
nah, sweating, just fucking yeah, gnarly. That's the whole thing is I would love to be more covered in tattoos because I love uh, the, I love just the whole process of it. It's it's fun. The only part of it that I don't like is the like the three days afterwards where you have to like you know wear sweatpants to sleep so, or like long sleeve shirts to sleep so you don't get fucking Andy ointment all over your sheets and like, like I don't ever use Andy. What do you do? Dude, you just dry heal it. You just wash it. Really? Yeah. For like the first two days. Yeah. Unless it just is like really just like kind of rough. Yeah. Like if it gets shitty, then you put Andy ointment oh, on see, it. See, I've always used the Andy just to make sure I don't get like an infection. Yeah. The, like the first two days, you just wash it a bunch. Mm, mm. And then like um, after the second day, you start lotioning it. Mm. Like anytime it gets like kind of like hella dry. Just, yeah. Just yeah, I use with, a bunch of lotion. Yeah, absolutely for sure. I do that. I mean, some people use A and D, some people don't. I I was doing it for a while. It yeah. just depends on each person's body. Yeah, for sure. My shit like would get irritated and oh, get okay. fucked up. Yeah, yeah. No shit. So, what do you have? Your legs covered? Your arms covered? You got your torso? Nah, just my chest. Oh, okay, word. And so, neck too. And my neck. Yeah. What'd your mom say about your neck tattoos? She actually didn't see them. Like, I got I got my first neck tattoo, and then. The entire rest of the trip, I had my hood up. Oh shit! <laughs> Yo, my mom still to this day. You'll, I'll show. I'll like put. So every time I get a tattoo, I put it up on, yeah. like to the to push media. my homie. Right. And like, um, my mom will be like, "Aren't you done already? Yeah. Stop!" Yeah, yeah. And she'll like comment. My mom loves Facebook. Yeah, that's dude. Funny. My mom is like crushes Facebook. Yeah, and like. Every time, like she'll just comment on something. I got like unlovable tattooed on my uh-huh. on my wrist, and like some more. It's like a Smith song. Yeah, and she's like, "God loves you, Conrad. You are definitely not unlovable." <laughs> and I was like, "Dang, that's so funny." Just like had like I like did like three bangers in one day, and yeah. my mom's just like. Aren't you done already? Yeah, my mom is the same way. She, my mom actually hates the fact that I get tattooed, though, but I promised her that I would never get anything that uh, would show up outside of a collared shirt. Yeah. So I was like, I won't get my hands, I won't do my neck, until you until you die, basically. Like, that sounds morbid. But I was like, don't worry, while you're alive, no tattoos will be outside of a fucking collared shirt. But so, like, I, at the same time, I don't, like, tell her when I get a new tattoo. I'm not like, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. hey, check it out. Because then I'll know she'll just be like, why are you doing that to yourself? And so the other week, I had just gotten more forearm stuff done and then the other week I went fly fishing and I sent her pictures of the fly fishing and she's like oh that looks so beautiful and like oh it looks so much fun I'm glad that you caught fish and then she's like I see you got new tattoos and then immediately yeah. went, oh the scenery like she just threw in this little barb about like you know I see you got new tattoos and I'm disappointed in you but I'm glad you had fun yeah I mean <laughs> I kind of like broke the ice hella quick yeah so my second tattoo is for my mom oh nice so it's like a red rose which is her favorite um, yeah flower what's yeah. her name on it right and she's like she's like oh connor blah 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 and then she grabs my arm and shows everybody nice like, yeah I, that's the, the i got the daisies for my mom as well that's her favorite flower and then there's like three of them you know one for me and my brother and her and um i did that one like very openly on my wrist so that i'd be like look i'm gonna get a sleeve mom but like this first one is for you so like don't be so don't be upset about it yeah and i think that kind of like calmed things down a little bit at the same time i feel like my mom's funny about it because it's like uh, she'll tell me how she hates him, but then like she'll kind of like show him off to her friends, like, "Oh, look how tattooed Lee is! It's so oh, can you you know what I mean? Like kind of yeah, like still em- bring that shit yeah, like up. embarrassed, but but wants to show them because like, oh, look at my son's a gnarly dude. Yeah, no, my mom's <laughs> the same way. When I, yeah. Like, and I'm anticipating 
a lot of that when I go home. Yeah, like, yeah. Because before, before, like the last time I went home, like I had sleeves, but I didn't have my hands, my oh, neck, right. or my chest done. Right. So like, that's just going to be a lot more. Yeah. And they're just going to be like, like especially the next shit, they're yeah. just going to be like, what is wrong with you? Right. So wait, let's get back into it. 99, you go on the road. Yep. And what are you I doing? Did. You're tour managing? I was, yeah, I was like roadieing. Oh, like roadie. I was just like doing merch and like sometimes I would settle cash yeah. um, and just kind of like all around is help. Yeah. You well, know? home base was still in Portland. Yep. And then where does that, when you get home from that tour, like what happens? Like how, how do you get into promoting? Um, I've been always like since, since I've been, I booked my first show and like, 96 okay so while you're still in high school yeah what or like of- just outside of high school like i yeah. I graduated in 96 okay and it's like the fall after like I, I booked my first show where at um this shitty the first show i ever did was this shitty theater called the Paris theater it's now porn porn like theater mm-hmm. and like they're infamous for like ripping off bands but it was like one of the only places that you could do shows mm-hmm like super hard to do all of your shows in in portland mm-hmm. and so like but there's like ways um you book just local bands yeah but then from there like i booked well wait so your first show that you do how did you do it like did you have a budget or was it like yo nah. we're gonna sell a certain amount of tickets and then just give us a door split yeah yeah and then yeah, you we can- were just like they're just like yo i want to book this show okay cool after after our door expenses, yeah. we'll give you a percentage of, right. of the door. And then how, were you able to break off the bands? Did you make enough barely, money? Yeah. Barely, like if any. How many people showed up? Like 40 or 50. Did it feel good though? That I got it done? Yeah. 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 You know, and I was like, all right, cool, I'll do it again. Yeah. I just kept doing it. And yeah. like, you know, by doing stuff like that and getting involved, being in bands, like, I mean, I did pretty much everything you could possibly do in diy punk rock and hardcore mm-hmm. i shot photography did graphic design made my own flyers like p- postered myself like on poles like did distro you know i was in bands like every every part of it that you could think of so you taught yourself how to just be a well-rounded like promotion machine because in a sense you learned how to do everything that you need to do so that if you couldn't find somebody to do it for you, you could just pick up the slack. There was no one else to do it. Yeah. It was just me. And if there's other people that wanted to help, tight. But yeah. if not, it's all on you. Right. I'd be like out on the streets at 2 a.m. with like uh, like a Walkman and like literally like like with a staple gun hitting, yeah. hitting the poles. Yeah. Like all over, like all over Portland. Yeah. And, like, that was something that, like, you know, I got into from, like, being in a band with a kid who worked at Kinko's. Yeah. And that was, like, another thing. is like, yo, you always got the homie that worked at Kinko's. Dude, they're all... Oh, man, I had this uh, the same fucking story of, like, doing that staple gun with... Uh, and, like, going to, to staple up holes and kiosks and blah, 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 blah. And, like, yeah, Mark used to work at a Kinko's. Uh, and, like, uh, and that, like, that's how... That's yeah, how we would make always, our flyers and promote our shows. Yeah, the singer for the band I was in was the plug at King yeah. Coast. He's the major plug. Like, he hooked everybody up. Yeah, totally. And then, like, one one year, I became the plug. Yeah. And I hooked everybody up. Yeah. And um, got fired. Oh. <laughs> From King Coast. Yeah. They're like, yo, you're going on tour. Like, I was the model, like, dude. And then they took me to, like... I went from working days to the graveyard shift. Yeah. Just couldn't function. Yeah. And like, I was too distracted. 
saying out an L all the time instead of doing my job. Uh-huh. And it's like totally fucked. Right. So it is what it is, but I got to plug hella homies. Yeah. And stole hella shit. Yeah. So the 2000s hit and you're promoting shows pretty heavy by that point? Um, when I got back, yeah, there was like, I mean, even from the mid mid to late 90s, I was like promoting a lot of shows. Yeah. And is that how you were making your living? Or did you no, just not at all. Okay, no. So, like yeah. I worked at Rite Aid and okay. then Kinko's and then like worked at coffee shops and yeah. shit for a long ass time. Yeah. So like, um, but I, I like took coffee shop jobs because at any moment, any time, like you could go on tour. Yeah. And that was like, what I wanted to do. Like right. for the longest time all I wanted to do was like go on tour, be merch and eventually maybe maybe be a tour manager. Right. And like yeah, like all the dreams of being like a punk rock kid and like like the thought of just working at a record store. Dude, I tried to work at the record store, my my local record store. Yeah. From like fuck man, from 1995, 94 to like probably 2005 and I finally gave up. Yeah. Like they're going to give me one shift right. and then someone else got it. And I'm right. like, okay, fuck it, man. I give up. Yeah. I don't care about working at your fucking record store. Right. God damn it. Yeah. Why are record stores so hard to work at? I don't know, man. And, but they would always ask me about like music. I heard getting a job at Amoeba is like damn near fucking impossible. Really? Yeah. It's weird because I know a hell of people at Amoeba. I know a lot of people that work there too, but I feel like it's like they're all like super scene kids or something or scene dudes. Yeah, yeah, I could see that, yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so I went on tour, um, did a West Coast, like, did, went down, did three dates originally, and then went, did Canada, um, like, a, like a few weeks later, West Coast, came back home, and then did a full U.S. after that. With who? Uh, this band called Trial from Seattle. Uh-huh. Um, they're like a pretty big straight edge hardcore band uh-huh. super political like um like really into like everything from human rights to um to animal rights to um yeah like crazy social issues yeah like um the singer greg bennick was is a very very intelligent dude uh-huh. um he actually is is like he's still super active uh-huh he um when haiti hit he literally um when they had that uh hurricane or whatever he literally jumped in a boat and brought over rice oh wow yeah like and and he did um he did a lot of benefits for them and like all over the country yeah for that yeah he's super into that um he's super into philosophy uh-huh. um like he's been in peace talks with like con- between countries and the UN and stuff right. like but then he also juggles okay yeah like he's a professional juggler, professional juggler yeah and like motivational speaker that's interesting yeah so he made his dough going to like corporate events yeah and telling people how to like live wow and live excellently yeah so very 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 smart very like well spoken dude yeah so but also super silly and like what the are pr- the best dude so like conversations on the road are a lot of fun with that dude oh yeah because it's like everything from like breaking down the 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 type of bands we would play with yeah it was like either like fast old school bands like or like like chuggy metal hardcore mosh bands like or a combination of both. It's like These are conversations literally that I remember sitting in a fucking van with. And like every 
dude in that van was a total character. Yeah. So guitar player Tim McIntosh, insane, insane dude, totally wacky, loves Morrissey. Yeah. More than life. Um, loves metal, loves Molly Crew more than life. Nice. Dude, like, so, like, passionate for music, yet such a fucker, too. Yeah. And he's just, like, always pranking people, always fucking with people. Like, he's just, like, a funny, weird dude. Right. He's just awesome. And then, like... You're super into Morrissey, right? Oh, I like, love that, Morrissey. That's, like, your shit. That's my shit. How did you get into Morrissey? Probably from Tim. Yeah. Tim and, like, all my other, like, hardcore... Like, it's a... It makes sense, but it's like a weird thing. There's like big connection between hardcore kids and and Morrissey. Yeah, I mean, I think some of it stemmed down from like San Diego with uh, my friend Rob, who's in this band called Unbroken. Uh-huh. They're super like like Morrissey fans, and they were like very much on their sleeves, like like wore like wore like like badges of honor. Like, yeah, we fuck with Morrissey and Smith and Joy Division and Bajas yeah. and all this shit. Because Morrissey's been doing some weird shit lately and you're on Twitter on your fucking, you're on like some fucking Team Morrissey defense oh, shit. always, man. You're like protect yo, Morrissey. Yo, dad, yo, he's my, yo, he's little B of, yeah. of me. Yeah. Like, dude, I will task force anybody. Yeah, task force. Morrissey task force. Because there's so <laughs> many fools that are like, right now especially, like he's just wiling out. Yeah. And like, people are ready to jump ship. And I'm yeah, like, what's yo, up with your boy? Why is he doing such weird shit? Yeah, man, he's old and he's like fucking, doesn't, he can do whatever the fuck he wants. He's Morrissey. <laughs> fuck it, man. He's ready to call anybody out at How any minute. How many Morrissey tattoos do you have? I got nine Morrissey tattoos. Nine Morrissey tattoos? Yeah. And then I'm la- committed for life. <laughs> The last show that the last show that you went to, you bought like a Morrissey medallion, right? Oh yeah, swagging it out still. Like, oh yeah, what? yeah, fuck yeah, dude. Uh, that's amazing. So what? What's like the show? Did you start a, like a, a weekly or a night in Portland? Like that? That's kind of trained you for what you're doing, or was it all just kind of random shows that you were booking? I mean, for a long time, all I did was book punk and hardcore shows. Yeah, and it was like handshake and a wink. Never like signed contracts. Yeah, and it was like yo, I cover the I cover the expense of the door. Yeah, and you get the bands keep the rest right like if i made money one time yeah like crushed it so you're just doing it for the love basically yeah. i never like never took money like as a hardcore promoter yeah ever i took money one time because there was so much money after afterwards i was like i couldn't not take it and what I band gave, was that this band got counterville actually from yeah. here uh-huh. from la um and it just happened to be like one person's record release show and another band I hadn't played in a long time. Oh, and I was yeah. just like, dude, I, pay- I paid all my friends really well. Everyone got the biggest paycheck they had in a long, like pretty much ever. One band bought a van f- with the money oh, they shit. paid, like they got paid with. Like, and I still had like fucking like 800 bucks. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck? Nice. How? And they're like, the house took like, they're like minimal cut and yeah. then now they're like yo you deserve this here you go Dope. so i gave my mom a bunch of money to pay rent nice and then i fucking i invested the rest in a in a dish store with my friend nice and so i pushed music that i love yeah like sold it for like cheaper than stores yeah when did you get out of put, uh, doing hardcore and starting doing more um kind of varied genre shows i mean i never really got out of hardcore that's like that's the weird thing maybe like, not out of hardcore but, but you know like when did you start delving into eclectic lineups okay um i mean i was always doing weird shit but like yeah. it, was, it was like i was always that kid that just kind of bounced around yeah like i was friends with 
like all the punk and hardcore kids, but I was hanging out with the Lifesavers. Oh, yeah. And I was like tight with the I, thermals. I, I, I think I played with the Lifesavers one time in Santa Barbara. That's sick. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, dude. Like, I mean, I learned how to DJ watching Rev Shines, like DJ okay. at like bar gigs. Yeah. And stuff. And yeah, like. Because that's one of your other passions now is like you DJ too. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, did you buy turntables to figure it out? Yeah. Like, I actually. Um, Begged my friend for ten years yeah. for to let me borrow his turntable or buy his turntables from yeah. him. He finally broke down and sold them to me for like two hundred bucks. Yeah, got a setup, like had a bunch of records. I just learned how to mix. Yeah. Sat in my room for, like every day, yeah. all day, all night until like I learned how to like mix and like do weird blends and shit. Yeah, what did you? Uh, what were you trying to learn to mix? I mean, originally, like, what were your sets like. I mean, when I first started, like, mixing, like, I guess, because, like, in Portland, like, for a long time, like, if you just were a selector, you can just play songs and play in a bar and drink and hang out. Yeah. And just play whatever you have. Like, Uh that's cool. But, like, when I first started really getting mixed, like, like, the way I learned how to mix is, like, I took Jayquan Tipsy and stuck it behind, uh, I blended it with, um, Nutrimel Keltel. Oh, shit. Yeah. Nice. Can't Care Flowers. Yeah, yeah. And, like, made it work. And what? by the end of it, like, my roommate was, I hate you so much because you were in a song for me. <laughs> like, you you did this He's for, she uh, She was, like, tripping. She was a huge fan. And she was just like, you ruined this for me. Like, this is fucked. Like, I love this band. And you played it and then stopped it and played it and stopped it an entire entire day. Oh yeah, so it's, so you ruin, <laughs> you ruined Jaquan for her, right? Oh yeah, <laughs> she hates that beat now. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But yeah, like you know, like watch. I would sit and like just watch, like yeah. like Rev Shines and like this this dude uh, DJ Kaz who owned the who worked at 360 Vinyl, which is now closing after like pretty much everyone bought the records. Yeah, it's been like years and years, like. Yeah finally closing like next month uh. but um yeah just watching those guys like do bar gigs and like watching how they yeah. transition how they mix and like what they did with the knobs and that's yeah. how i learned how to mix so you were into rap shit and hardcore shit at the yeah same time, rap kinda. shit hardcore shit like were you going to rap shows too like yeah what, like, like here and there but i wasn't like I wasn't like super like there's like down. not there's not really a lot of rap shows in portland are there like they get shut down by the cops or something like yeah that? that's a huge thing right now yeah. um goes back to there being there a lot of white people in portland yeah yeah people are really scared of like hip-hop right now and that's like yeah i mean did you know you know greg uh immaculate oh yeah 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 he was at uh globus i guess uh last week oh yeah because of the big battle where 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 a big fight broke out but i saw the video it was super tight crazy um (laughs) (laughs) apparently that dude fought somebody else too man it's all it's all crazy anyways yeah greg i remember i saw some video of immaculate's like show getting shut down by the cops for no fucking reason and shit yeah i mean he did he had a sold out show and then like cops showed up and it was just like He's like, yo, I'm not yeah, doing this. So I'm not going to perform. Like, yeah. I'm not going to be a fucking victim in my own city. Yeah, yeah. And like, yo, he was right because he stood up and said some shit. And yeah. It was like, yo, fuck this. Yeah. And like, yeah, like, I mean, I help book a lot of the old Sam people dudes, like from yeah. the from like the get go. Yeah. You know, like Tope and like 
like all those guys sapiens and yeah them. yeah, yeah, I know yeah those. sapiens my dude I know yeah those for folks. sure yeah that small world what bands were you early on bringing up to portland or like or like booking as they came through i mean i weirdly enough was like um i mean for like like hardcore shows or just for who for whatever well okay so how i got into booking shows professionally yeah i should have I got drunk at a gossip show at this bar called Burbotties. Uh-huh. It's a club, and apparently, I was drunk and told my dude who worked the door that no worked there. Um, if, I, if they needed help, let me know. Yeah. Next morning, woke up. I was like, "What did I do?" Right. And then got my phone instantly rang, and he's like, "Yo, you are you were you serious about that?" I'm like, "I guess." Met up with um, the the manager, uh, like the head of security, who um, was like a he's like a famous like traditional skinhead, uh-huh. like and very proper dude. And he um, he was just like at the time I was like very well like well dressed like Fred Perry's and Ben Sherman's yeah. like crop top like this clean cut hardcore kid right. And he's just like yo, uh, nice Fred, you want a job? Start tomorrow. No way. And then from then on, I've worked 60 hours a week plus every ever since. And then, but I worked security there at night and worked coffee shop during the day. Yeah. And then booking and then, too? Um, that's where that comes in. Oh, okay. So working security six months, yeah. I got offered to, to move up to Barback. Uh-huh. Then, then the family found out. Like they had no idea that I booked shows around town. I uh-huh. thought it was really weird that I knew all the big promoters oh, right. in the city, and they were like, "Shake my walk up and shake my hand." Uh-huh. It's like and like chat with me, and I was yeah. like, been helping them since I was a kid. Like, right. like they would come to me asking me about like what they thought about shows and right. like who I should be su- like on for support and all that. And right. I've been doing that for like fuck, man, like almost ten years prior to this, right. And then, so you didn't go in like blabbing your mouth like, oh, you guys are underutilizing my talents. Like, no, not at all. Like, Man, started from the bottom. Type yeah, shit. yeah. And as they're just like, yo, do you think you could do this job? Yeah. Because we're thinking about letting the other person go. Yeah. And I was like, I can try. And I, I literally learned how to book professionally because of that. Yeah. It just threw me. They literally just threw me into the sharks. Yeah. It's like, yo, go swim. So you start having to deal with like booking agents and shit like yeah. that? Yeah. I actually. Making bids or whatever? Yeah. Like, by putting in offers and shit. And like, I learned how to book, put in offers like um, Trevor Solomon, who who now books Music Fest Northwest there, was one of the, the main booker, book like talent buyers at mike thrasher presents uh-huh. which is the big like promotion company there he's like the golden voice okay. of portland yeah and um he was just like he taught me how to do holds like like hold system and and venues he, he like kind of helped me with like um with putting together offers and i hired on an, an assistant who helped me talent buy and mm. taught me how to do offers and like do the math and stuff showed me the math like mm-hmm. in expenses and whatnot mm-hmm. and yeah like i learned how to do that and you know based on my my taste like you know started like dance parties there did a lot of like dance of ev- like dance events i booked a tracks for a show in portland no shit with the rub wow um 80 people came. No kidding. Yeah, was, dude, it was so early on. People, I, Portland was not ready for dude, that. Dude, I don't know if... I, I don't... I think maybe I've talked about it on this podcast before, but the first time I saw Diplo live was in uh, 05, 
And yeah. it was at Scribble Jam in Cincinnati. He was the opening, opening, opening DJ the first night, like not even on the main stage, like in this like pre-event that they have. Yeah. Like he was kind of just DJing this dank fucking attic, dark dank attic. And like that was, and now that's fucking Diplo. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. It's crazy now, he did shit. a Holotronics tour with, um, with, uh, low budget, which is his partner. And now, at Holocene, and I was at that show. Yeah, it's crazy. It was like 2005, 2006. Yeah, it's so crazy. Like or 2006, Flo- yeah. Florida came out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway. But yeah, um, so yeah, booked a lot of like pop, like like indie pop stuff. Yeah. And it was like helping Thrasher get into that venue a little bit more. Uh-huh. And I was like, yeah, like I learned how to DJ, so I was like throwing like dance parties and shit. Yeah. Like, it was wild. And then, um, then from there, like, you know, kind of ran its course after a year. Went to work for Thrasher for a year. Like but then th- Thrasher Mag? No, Mike. Mike Thrasher. Oh, Mike for Thrasher. Okay, sorry. So went to work for Mike Thrasher. <laughs> I got for years and his, yeah. his booking assistant. Yeah. At the same time, I ended up throwing the first big like hipster party, which was uh, this party called Juicy. Uh-huh. Um, it's like lasted for like two years, I think, like something like that. Yeah. And it pretty much like the the venue that we did it at, we pretty much. A month after they opened, we we did the first one, and from then on, we were paying their rent every month okay. for like a year. So you did start. It was that a monthly or a weekly? It was a bi-monthly. Bi- so, so you yeah. do it two times a month for two years. Yep, pretty much. And first and third, first and third Fridays. When you say hipster party, like what kind of bands were you booking? It was it was just DJs. Or DJs. And for the most time, for for the most part, it was just local. Yeah. But we were like playing like everything from Baltimore Club to like to electro and dance to like straight like dirty south hip hop yeah like just so all it, over was the it board. kind of portland's but, answer to the do-over um of? no it was like portland's version of like cinespace tuesdays without oh, okay. the bands yeah yeah but, like you know like um there's like kind of a jump off in almost every city similar to that yeah like in um in seattle it was sing sing uh-huh. and then devro was doing some shit in vancouver uh-huh. i did the portland one and then um, Frankie and Aoki were doing Cinemaspace Tuesdays and Banana Split Sundays. And yeah. He, they were doing that shit. Yeah. And um, that's how I started into, like, the club shit, like, booking and DJing that shit. And, like, that's how I booked—that's how I met Frankie Chan. Yeah. Um, so you booked him to come up there? Yeah. I booked him. And, like, I had booked—luckily, um, somehow I got lucky and booked Chromio. <laughs> No way, Chromio and Flashadamus at um, at my party for the Fancy Footwork tour. No shit. Yeah. Is so, this before they were like Chromio, or was it? That's when they just started to happen as Chromio. Oh no shit. So I ended up putting seven or eight hundred people. Yeah. In a four hundred cap room. Oh wow. Yeah. It was the first the f- time I ever made. It was like all on me. Like yeah. I helped. Like the the venue helped me. Yeah. Like back backed me, and like I did the I did the this is the first major guarantee I'd ever done on my own. Yeah. It was pretty scary, but sold the shit out. Got tattooed. Got a fucking got got some Jordans. Nice. <laughs> how did uh, How did the fire marshal not shut that one down? I don't know, kept a good secret. Yeah, that's tight. It was wild. It was super. It was like people still talk about that show today. Like no shit. how fucking hot and crazy and insane yeah. it was. And so, being that you're a dude who's easy to make friends with, were, were you like kind of broing down with all these groups too and keeping a good good rapport with them? Yeah, I mean, 
yeah, like at that at that show, I just like broke down with Flash Thomas and like their act that I really like looked up to. Yeah, I was like really into their vibe and like what they brought to the table. And well, and on some other like tying ends together yeah. shit, like Flash Thomas is Kid Sister's brother, yeah. and Kid I mean, Sister is I met Kid Sister through you. Yeah, and then you talked her into being like, oh yeah, fucking kind of needs tight. You should do it. And then she did the show. So that we owe that to you. Thank you. Yeah, no, you're welcome. Yeah, most definitely. Um, but actually. The reason why how I got Chromeo is because I tried to book Kid Sister with Flashadamas, uh, and Kid Sister wasn't available. Uh, okay. So they're like, the agent was like, "I have Chromeo," yeah. and I'm like, "Confirmed." What do you mean confirmed? I'm like, "Confirmed." What do you want? Yeah, nice. I, I got you, <laughs> like, yeah. dude. Flashadamas and Chromeo for ten bucks. That's a, that's a big show. Insane. Yeah, and I was show. like, that was like kind of just set shit on yeah. precedent, and like, yeah, it was it's fun. Had a really good local DJ that really brought like a lot of um, like she had a really good jaw and she killed it. Um, this DJ DJ Bionda, uh-huh. um, shout mixed, out to DJ Bionda. She mixed everything, everything from the myth. She like mixed Misfits into like Trina, yeah. Like and she would flip anything that's at nice. the time, like because nice. that's what it was like all about at that time, like blends and yeah. like just throwing rant. it was like straight up dance party style like yeah. any weird shit that you could like throw in like she'd flip fucking sonic youth nice panda bear like whatever yeah like she crushed it so you meet frankie up there in portland and then do you guys do you guys click is, yeah is that we, what cli- we clicked yeah. i was really into our comics yeah so i ended up booking him how'd you know about our comics how, how did i know about yeah. our comics his label uh, yeah but like you know i was always a kid that like I did this thing. So yeah. what is other people doing in other cities? Right. You know, like watching Holotronics and like Roxy Cottontail in New York, like yeah. doing all these fucking wild parties, man. And like, I want to do that. Yeah. I want to do these fucking crazy lineups that yeah. they're doing in LA right now. Like, it was just like, what the fuck? All these Philly, all these Philly and B-more kids are like just crushing it. Yeah. And I'm in Portland. It's really hard. It's like really sheltered up there. Yeah. It's like nowhere to go. We go to Seattle. That's it. Vancouver, maybe. Mm-hmm. But like after that, there's like a eight hour drive from Portland to SF. Yeah. So it's like, you know, it's like hard. Yeah. So... It- was yeah, that, like and SF was kind of in a lull too, almost. Yeah, it was yeah. kind of weird. Like Vinsel was doing some shit. Yeah, there's some other kids that were doing shit in there, like really trying to push it. Yeah, but like, um, yeah, it was SF wasn't quite as cracking as, as LA was. As LA was. Yeah. and so yeah, like I ended up doing pretty much all the hour comic shows just in, because in I was Portland. a fan. Yeah, yeah. in yeah. Portland, like did Totally Michael, did Ninja Sonic, did all these, like, an affiliates, you know? Like, everything, everyone that pretty much was affiliated with IR Comics, I would do. Right. Did Future Cop, 20 people showed up. Right, so you're in contact with Frankie quite a bit then. Um, Off and on, but yeah. I would just, because he, because I liked what he did, I booked his bands. Yeah. And the, the bands that were affiliated with his shit. Right. And... When does it get to the point where it's like, hey, man, like come kick it in la and see well yeah well the the year before i moved here i like was hitting him up like i was booking tour for a band in portland called reporter uh-huh. and i hit him up about playing check because check started again i was super yeah. hyped that yeah. like that was happening right and no 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 party in the country had like crazy recap videos like like put together like that like yeah. that i had seen right 
and like the video, like the photos, the mixtapes, like the whole package. And that really like excited me. And then he, um, so I was like keeping in contact with that. And then the whole trash talk thing came through. And then as soon as I got back from Portland, I got back to Portland. I'm like, I don't fucking want to live here anymore, man. Yeah. Like, you know, like it's dude, money's rough there. Like, right. Dude, I was running four clubs and not making money, like, uh-huh. at all. I was, like, barely paying rent and shit. Uh-huh. And I was just like, yo, I work so hard to, like, not even do, like, the super tight shit, you know? Yeah. Like, not putting together all these crazy lineups and, like, because it's hard to do that in Portland. Because you're, like, fucking two years ahead of everybody there or something kind of, right? That, and I'm also, like, there's no no one wants to pay $15, $20 for, like, a party right? at that time. And right. I was just like, yo... Frankie, if there's, if you know anyone that is hiring or whatever, just let me know. Yeah. Like, I want to, it's like, I want to, cause I want to live in LA. And he's like, uh, I can't hire you. I have no money. I'm like, okay. Yeah. But then I was, I ended up, he ended up calling me. I was on tour, up tour managing this group called Africa High Tech. Uh-huh. They're like on Warp Records from Australia. Oh, okay. And I was on tour, like boarding a plane. He calls me. He's like, hey. I have money. Do you want to move to LA? Yeah. And I'm like, he, he got like a, he got some help. And yeah. then like to make our comics like a real thing. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, okay. Moving down. Yeah. That was it. I was like, I'm going to be in LA in a week. Let's talk about it. And then, so you just instantly get to work and that's where the, the yeah, like, I mean, I got, I moved, I moved down there like three months later Yeah. after the tour. And then yeah. that was it. Nice. How have you liked LA? I love it. Yeah. I don't want to really ever like, move away from here that's kind of yeah that's kind of how i felt when i moved down here too i was like yeah i think i think i found it i think i found it it, what i was looking for i mean i just walked into like a cool situation because i'd already had like friends like built up from the hardcore scene yeah and then like like my dj friends well and it seems like a lot of the friends that you'd already established uh from that scene kind of moved here at the same time too yeah i mean you know trash talk had moved here like about about a year before, maybe, yeah. and then um, well, it seems, and then one of our guests, recent guests, Antoine, you've been friends with him for a while. It seems like yeah, he's for a little while, yeah. He's out here now, fucking yeah. yeah. No, you I'm, got a good solid friend base. Yeah, I mean Adam and Romo. Yeah, no, it's it's rad. Like I can turn around and it's like I got homies in every different yeah. scene. Just driving just here, like, you were noticing people on the street that you knew. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. And it's just like, yeah, like, you know, drove by Jamie Strong, was yeah. walking down the street, probably yeah. going to Cha-Cha. Yeah, yeah. And like, you know, like, I, I, I just fell into this, like, situation, and it was cool, because, like, from, 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 like, me fucking with different things, like, other people were open to, like, hanging out together, and, like, people who didn't know each other were, like, hanging out together. And yeah. now it's like, you know, like, I'll, I'll be in a, in a room, and, like, the Garage Rock, Town kids are hanging out with the hardcore kids who are hanging out with like you know like djs who are hanging out with like the ratchet fucking ham on everything crew like you know like like the warehouse kids like everyone is like all cool and that's like the difference in la from a lot of other cities around the country it's like rather than like beef and like over some bullshit yeah we just all do our thing and like when we can come together we come together it makes sense yeah if you're like a legit nice person and like do good business yeah and just do cool shit, man. Like people pay attention or super mellow about it. And like potentially open to like work with you. Right. 
you totally. know, or, and just hang out with you. Yeah, totally. You know? Yeah, it's wide open here right now, I feel like. Yeah, it's pretty sick, man. Like, the vibe the vibe in L.A. right now especially is so tight. Yeah. So many different clicks, like, just crushing it. Yeah, I mean, I could, it could be fucking local bias, but I feel like the shift has moved from, from New York to L.A. in the last few years of, like, where uh, the center of, of, of cool shit happening is kind of right now. Oh, most definitely. Yeah. I hate New York City. I'm not going to go that far. Because I'm going to. I'll, <laughs> I'm at war with New York City. All right. I have plenty of friends that live there. I will never go there. Really? No. Nope. Why? Because that place is a piece of shit. <laughs> I don't want to delve too far into that. Hey, no, we're just going to no, right. let's, let's stay. Let's stay based here. Let's just say it's a very uncomfortable city, and yeah. I don't like being uncomfortable. It, it is. It's not made for. Uh, it's not made for big people no, like us. You not know at what all. I mean? It's very small. Very small living quarters. I feel very claustrophobic while I'm there. Yeah. Same. Yeah. And I can't get there anywhere on time. This is going to come out on Wednesday, so in two days. So that being said, do you have anything you want to promote coming up this weekend? Um. Yeah. Actually, I believe. Adam is doing a throwback Thursday at the Lash. Oh yeah, the Lash. You can catch Adam and uh, Romo, and you're going to be DJing as well. I believe so. Conrad's <laughs> going to be out there at the Lash. That's a fun night. It's a really small little room uh, downtown, and they just kind of give you guys free reign to do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So like the other night, I was there, and you guys were playing all emo music. Yeah. And what are you guys going to do this week? It's just like uh, throwback ninety, uh, like. Late nineties and early two thousands jams. Yeah, for or sure. Nineties and two thousands rap hear, jams. Hear a lot of Ja Rule, a lot of Fifty yep. Cent. Uh, it'll be fun. But what else? Um, a very, very, very big deal on Saturday. Southern Hospitality is coming to L.A. Very rare. Um, my boy Davy Boy Smith, who's been just plugging every rap dude for the last God knows few years and like yeah. southern hospitality is a great blog too right yeah, yeah. that's their main thing is that yeah. they're a blog and they're just constantly pushing like rap yeah. like the new rap music brand new shit yep from drill to old, like to like the south yeah to bop to like all that shit yeah. it's just all the new shit and davy boy smith is the is the gent that runs that yes and so he is bringing a party to la yep and Did he move out here now yeah he lives in orange county okay and so we've been talking for a long time about fucking with each other. And finally we are. Nice. And it starts this Saturday. So on Saturday, if you're in LA, is it at a warehouse? Is it like a secret no, thing? It's at the Lash. It's at the Lash. So okay. it's very, it's, it's going to be very rare because it's very small. Nice. Yeah. So get out to the Lash. Come see my man Conrad. Thank you so much for doing this. I appreciate it, man. Same, bud. Where can the people find you on Twitter? Um, at. at Still ill PDX. Still ill PDX. With all the I's and the L's, I always thought it was still Lil PDX. Little, like. I wish I was little. Like li Lil PDX, young PDX. I wish I was. Follow my man at Still Ill PDX. And, I'll make uh, you laugh. Go look at the iHeart Comics site. He uh, is curating a lot of great shows in the city all the time. Check Your Ponytail 2 is still on and cracking, correct? Yeah. Um, off and on, yeah. Off and on. It's not as, be, It's changing. Yeah. It's going to be a TV. TV show now yeah you guys are working on a tv show so you have other shows that you're promoting with our comics yep. yeah so yeah be on the lookout conrad is a dude who like really gels the scene together well whatever scene multiple scenes together he's a dude that uh that you'll see everywhere in la if you're out here uh, but yeah man thank you for doing that you're M welcome my name is lee some of you guys might know me as it's or as intuition you can follow me on twitter at it's intuition follow my man behind the boards making it sound buttery ben shim at i am database based with two s's
follow us as a unit at that's kind of neat youtube.com slash that's kind of neat facebook.com slash kind of neat and download that podcast app to your phone search for kind of neat subscribe leave a five-star rating some reviews tell us who you want to see on the show and uh tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend to tune in thank you guys so much i'm lee that was conrad and this is kind of neat (laughs) 